podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Thanks for choosing this free Anfield Index podcast. If you'd prefer to listen to this or any of our other shows without adverts, then now's the time to check out Anfield Index Pro. With AI Pro, you can supercharge your entire listening experience. You'll not only get all of our podcasts without the ads, but you'll have them far faster with our quick publish feature available exclusively for subscribers. AI Pro also puts you in the heart of our sound studio with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms and we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com and get started today. Hello and welcome to part two of the recruitment podcast that we're doing on uh, Money Talks. And obviously, we can't have a Money Talks without the man himself, Mo Chatra. Mo, how are you doing? Yeah, good. Really good, Greg. So I'm looking forward to this. Um, part two, really, really uh, interesting points to cover as we go into uh, the Jürgen Klopp era. We do. And we also have Darth with us. Darth, how are you doing? Some I'm all right, mate. Back on the first part, mate. Excellent stuff. Good, 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 good. We're going to dig into this one. We're going to get it going straight away because we don't want to waste time because we know this is going to be um, loaded. Um, we've got six years or so to cover. 2015-16, so Brendan is still here. We did talk about him leaving on the last one at the end, but we, we, we probably forgot to cover some of the bits that happened just before he left. So big story. First one, Steven Gerrard left that summer. Um, he was on 200k plus. He had a contract which allowed him to... Um, earned the most at the club no matter who was there so if anybody joined and um, made more than him he would automatically be bumped up to that so there were some crazy things going on that we allowed to play but shows the desperation of the club and where we were at but um, at the same time you know that that was a big moment for the fan base as well guys I think we should just cover it just quickly just because it was it was a huge moment There, there was a lot of sadness because you know, it's never nice to say bye to a legend, but it was probably the right time for him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Father time catches up with everybody. Gags. It's just that it was just the manner of a departure, wasn't it? With the six-one at Stoke, it's just a disgrace. To, it to, was all a to, disgrace to end it like that. Yeah, it was. Um, you know, a sad kind of season. It was one that started with a lot of promise, obviously. Um, Suarez did move on. However, we did sign a number of players, and you know, though there was uncertainty about you know some of the players that we were signing, we uh, went into that season with Champions League football for the first time in a number of years, and we hoped that that would propel ourselves back into being, you know, one of the contenders again. And uh, obviously, most of those signings didn't work out, and we had. Don't let's not forget. Um, you know, some serious injury issues that season as well, most notably Sturridge. Um, you know, he was going to become our talisman that season mm. and yet he was out for the bulk of 14-15. And, you know, there were things like that which, which had an impact and uh, clearly certain key signings didn't really settle in and some arguably never did um, during their time at the club. Um, so it was a whole catalogue of issues that uh, culminated in a disappointing season and you know certainly by the end of it many many fans 
not all, but many fans were clamoring for Brendan to go. Yeah, Gags, I think um, we, we talked on the last on, on episode one that we said that 13-14 was basically the committee. We're given full control of Hector to make the signings. Then 14-15, after winning, uh, sorry, uh, finishing second, um, it's very much reversed um, uh, with um, with Brendan getting full control of uh, most of the so over the transfers. And the, this final summer was very much a um, parallel recruitment. Both sides were allowed to make sign-ins, which when you consider the, all the uncertainty about Rogers, and then, you, you know, was he even going to be kept on in the first place? And then we, we effectively sell Raheem Sterling to buy Christian Benteke um, with a little bit left over in cash. It's not particularly smart recruitment, is that gags? I mean, you could, we can debate why we got into our, that position with Raheem, um, but a lot of that, I think it was a lot of personality clashes with the manager himself. Yeah? Yeah. We should let, let, let it get that far. Um, but yeah, but then the, and then you obviously... Um, end up with the Neil Ashton piece on just before Brendan was sacked when he was trying to bring Edwards down with him, um, basically saying that he, he they were allowed to sign Ben Teke if if the um, so they were allowed the committee were allowed to sign Firmino if he, he was allowed to sign Ben Teke. So it's just you know so it, yeah just it, it's almost like each people each person can choose what they want, but ha- there's not thought about how it all meshes together. Which is the complete opposite of where we are now, and obviously the ultimate the poster child for the dysfunction was Mario Balotelli, um, who no one admitted to wanting to sign, but we ended up signing anyway. So there's an old saying that that a horse designed by a committee it looks like a camel, <laughs> because no, you have to compromise what it looks like, um, and you know then you, you that's where it end up, and I think that was the the peak, if you like, of the dysfunction um, under. Brendan with the committee and I think a lot of that shaped the way that we were going to go forward there was going to be absolutely no uh deviation from what the model that they wanted to the, the owners wanted to input there was going to be no compromise and it was all going to be the full um uh American sports style general manager with a with a coach gags so I think I think there was no compromising from that point onwards in my opinion no no there wasn't there was I think they wanted it. It just was a mess, mate. I think I think he retained some control. Uh, he had to lose some, and it was. It just looked. It looked crap, and the way that some of his coaching staff had to leave as well. Oh, you know, um, it was a name Sean. Shame. Sean, somebody, the shorts guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah I know. The the were, yeah, he came from the lower leagues, didn't he? Somewhere, yeah. yeah. And they bought Gary Mackin, right? Yeah, or, right. So, so it's just. Yeah, mate, it just didn't sit well with with a lot of people, especially especially with me mm. and um, AI folk. We thought it would never have been humiliated so badly, and people still wanted this manager to stay. It didn't quite make much sense for those that have a logical, rational, you know, way of thinking, um, because results speak for themselves. Attitudes, you know, we've supported the club for thirty years at that point, thirty five years, and never seen. Such listless um, performances. Yeah, Sean O'Driscoll, you know? James yeah. just put it in. Yeah, Sean O'Driscoll. Never seen so such listless performances. You know, like no fight, no desire. 
that there's something wrong when there's no the desire. Carlisle League Cup tie. Do you remember that one? <laughs> oh, for fuck's sake, mate. There was some there was some horrific things yeah. going on. But I think let's uh, most. So that's the that's the precursor of the season. Um, it's it's uh, ten to hooks. Everything's on the edge. Um, so yeah, you know, uh, we had a manager who wasn't going to play people like Bobby in in position because he was he, like we like we said in the first part, vindictive. Uh, it it's just not a right attitude. But let's look at the figures, mate, for that year. How did it how did it end up going in terms of money? So it was interesting in that fifteen uh, sixteen uh, was the final year of. Um, the Premier League um, TV cycle, which is always a three-year cycle, um, and a new deal would kick in the following season. But 15-16 only saw a £4 million increase in turnover compared to 14-15. Now, 14-15 obviously benefited from Champions League money. Um, 15-16, we, though, had a extensive run in the um, Europa League, getting all the way through to the finals. So, even though we were in the lesser competition, the fact that we got all the way to the final meant that we generated almost as much money from UEFA in 15-16 as we had in 14-15 when we only got through to the, um, I think, group of 16 when we went out um, to Real Madrid. Um, wages, though, did see a very significant increase. So it was $166 million in 14-15, um, and bear in mind that would have been a season when bonus payments would have been earned by players um, for the Champions League. That increased by over 25% to £208 million. Pounds. So 15 16, 208 million, which meant that the wages to turnover ratio was 69%. So, how, how is it then um, that the wage bill increased so much? from a Champions League season to a Europa League season. And bear in mind, um, yes, we had, um, you know, some, you know, players on high, con- uh, big contracts coming in, like Spenteke, but as we touched upon earlier, you know, we also had um, Gerard's uh, very large contract go off the wage bill. And the reason, the key reason behind this is what we talked about on the last pod, which was the incentivized deals. So it was the incentivized contracts, which by this point were really starting to kick in. And it was showing that, uh, you know, the extent to which uh, bonus payments um, were having an impact on the wage bill, because um, clearly there were no Champions League bonus payments being made, uh, paid out rather um, in 15, 16. Um, yes, there would have been bonus payments paid out for, um, competing in the Europa League, but those bonus payments um, would not be as high as um, making it to uh, the Champions League and competing in the Champions League. Um, so the bulk of the reason for that significant increase, that significant jump, is, is due to, um, by this stage, the majority of the first-team squad moving on to um, these heavily intensified contracts. And hence the wages to turnover ratio was 69%, which is is definitely on the high side uh, and is something that the club um, clearly wanted to address. Now, um, Mo, Mo, can I just ask you a question on that? On the deet- you know when the, the in, when you do wages here, do, does that include the cost of sacking's man- sacking the manager and this, all this staff, or does that, do you, do you always put that in a separate line? 
that that's accounted for separately, so that that doesn't come under the wage bill. Because there, there was a, obviously a cost of sacking Brendan and all his team as well, wasn't there? Which would have been a non not a not a non trivial sum, should we say? Um, and then there was well, obviously. Yeah. What, and what about the wage? What about say agents' fees? You know, you know, because it, it was at this point where we started paying more in agents' fees as well, wasn't it? That was a change of strategy. Do you, do, would, does that come under wages, or again, is that a different a different type of item where it's itemized? Yeah, that that's also a different item as well. Um, okay. As a so that's so, I mean, all on just, top of wages. That's all on top of. That's right. Yeah, that's it. So I think for Brendan and his team, um, we had to pay out ten million, possibly a bit more than that. Um, and interestingly, one of the things I forgot to mention last time is that for the um, how many months was it? Five months, six months that Hodgson and his crew were in charge at um, Liverpool. They were paid over eight million pounds to move on from Liverpool. Over eight million. And just for context, uh, Rafa, when he moved on just about five, six months prior to the Hodge moving on, um, he, he and his cr- crew received a smaller amount of uh, uh, severance payments um, compared to Hodgson and his t- uh, team. So that six-month period, Liverpool Football Club paid out uh, over £15 million in severance payments to uh, managers and their, and their support staff. Um, and we paid out um, um, a few years later, obviously, with uh, Brendan. Um, I think it was about ten million, possibly slightly more than that. Um, and that would have been on top of the wage bill and on top of the seven million pounds that we paid out to agents that season. Um, so yeah, big, big, big money. Um, but the other kind of big cost area is uh, obviously t- uh, on the uh, around transfer fees, and um, that season of fifteen sixteen, we uh, paid a hundred million pounds um, towards transfer fee instalments. So clearly, we we signed a number of players that window. We had signed a number of players in um, summer twenty fourteen, and so that that. Um, amount of payments was very significant um we did though uh, bring in 62 million um which was by far the highest we uh, brought in in a in a season um in terms of proceeds um that would have been largely to do with um the sale of suarez um in in the summer of 14 um so the net transfer fee payments amounted to 38 million which was 13% of the overall turnover. So if you add the net uh, transfer fee payments with wages, um, the ratio relative to turnover was 81%, which was an increase compared to the two seasons prior. Um, but um, again, we, we were starting to see slight signs here in fifteen sixteen of... Um, this kind of slightly altered financial model, which was about incentivized contracts, hence the wages bill going up quite significantly. And um, we were about to see um, a sharp increase in payments to agents as well. Nicely summarized, mate. Nicely summarized. Right. So we've, I think we've already touched on it in the last part. I can't remember. I think we, I think we have touched on all the, what we did for the recruitment and how, you know, when people left, I think the Gerard bit we didn't, but I think we covered Firmino yeah. and Benteke and you know Klein. Well, we just got Ben. I think we need to go straight to um, Brendan's first winter window. 
Klopp's first winter window. Yeah, yeah, it? that's fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, yeah, yeah, it was um, Corker and Gruich, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Corker, the, Corker the emergency loan. Who played we only like, just got paid for Gruich now. Look how long it's been. I know. Did, didn't, um, didn't, um, didn't Corker only get on the pitch like three times or something? Yeah, he played up front as well. <laughs> Against Norwich, 5-4. Mm. Just a pain in the ass up top. It's the last time you used a big man up top. <laughs> yeah, it's it's amazing though when you think about where we where we were when he took over in the dysfunction. That even even inheriting somebody else's team and sending nobody, you can still get to Europa League final. Yeah, yeah. I, I think there was a heavy you know indication that the good times are coming. You know, obviously, still lots of doubters. To become that would go and be well, there's still some people that don't believe. Well, actually, everybody believes in Klopp, so that's true. You know, th- this was the start. There were some really amazing nights at Anfield, you know, this season. From what we suffered the previous year to this season, guys, there was a clear difference in mentality from the team. You know, um, even when the chips were down, they pulled themselves through some crazy, crazy. Um, you know, situations and perform and put out some amazing performances. Still, or well, the Man United um, Europa, Man United Europa League tie. Yeah, two of them. Both of them were one. The winning, the one that we won, and then the yeah. one that Coutinho scored away. Yeah, that goal will always be one of the legendary goals at Old Trafford, just because the way he De Gea was peak at that point. Like, yeah, literally uh-huh. everyone was like sucking him off, right? Yeah. And Coutinho destroys him. With yeah, that, dribble, with that. and he dribbles in from like Henri-esque from the wing, doesn't he? Into the into the narrow from a narrow angle and just lofts it over him. It's just brilliant. Yeah, because th- th- what you saw was that player start to lift in terms of Coutinho started to become what he was going to become. You, 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 do you get what I mean? He was fulfilling yeah. his potential, and that's yeah. what the manager bra- br- you know brought with him more than anything. You give him raw talent, and something's going to happen. Yeah. And and the change in Phil, he was good. But, you know, under Kloppy became world-class. Yeah. Like, completely. This season was... I mean, there was a game at Man City that we beat them away. Where yeah, we that, was, that, was about, um, that was about three weeks in, wasn't it? Emre yeah. Shannon. Uh, oh, it was, man. It was, well, it, was, it, was, it, was, it was Fabinho, uh, wasn't it? It was, it was all about Bobby, wasn't it? Falsely. Yeah, integrating Bobby with all the other players. There was quality there. Emre was, yeah. was playing really well as well. For him, um, they were all, it, it was just such a big, like, some of us couldn't believe the switch from one season to another, that we oh. could pull out these big wins against yeah. big teams. Obviously, yeah. Dross was, we were finding it tough against the Dross, but absolutely, it, it was it was just, yeah, phenomenal. The record, top, the record against the top teams was, was, was tremendous. Um, I was going to say, yeah, Gags, that um, the, 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 um, the two players that were most prominently hammered in the Neil Ashton hatchet job from when Brendan was briefing him against um, Edwards were um, Origi and Firmino. And uh, Origi was obviously a big star in the Europa League campaign, wasn't he? Those those games there. He really did. Oh, yeah. he, he actually was in the team first choice over storage on, on merit for large parts of that running, wasn't he, in 15-16? Yeah. Mm. Until that horrific injury. Yeah, it was basically... Um... Amazing against United, amazing against Villarreal. That again, the highlight reel turn in the corner uh, by the you know, main stand and the Anfield Road end, where he turns the defender. 
does that flick. Um, Bobby. Goes, yeah, Bobby. Yeah. It, it's literally legend. Like, yeah. whenever you see a Bobby highlight package ever of Liverpool, it'll be that turn will be in there. Yeah. You know, it, it's just one of the things that's synonymous with him that season, that first year. He was pulling out all the tricks and, again, fulfilling fulfilling the potential that people we saw in the Champions, um, sorry, in our, in our um, committee podcast. Yeah, where we said we should sign him, we should we got to get that in, guys. <laughs> we got to get that in. Yeah, and um, you know he's gone on to become a Liverpool legend. Is enough said? I mean, yeah, but this you, it, it's not a coincidence. It's all under Klopp, right? But you see, yeah, exactly. But you see, you see, you see that you see the difference between the two managers. One of the managers wants to pick the players that he signed personally and marginalise the ones he hasn't signed. The other manager just looks at the squad of players and thinking, what's the best way I can put these pieces together to win me some matches? And what's the most effective way I can deploy them and, and use them? And that, that and that's that, that's what it should be like. Absolutely what it should be like. Agreed. Agreed. It's 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 a model. The, They're going to try so and do it. People say, well, the, the model doesn't work, right? People say that the, the FSD model didn't work. And it didn't work because one of the pieces in the model didn't play with the other children. So you had somebody in the model who was actively fighting against everybody else. So you have to get somebody who's going to sit and work and do their role, do their job as part of a cog in a wheel for the whole system to become more effective. Oh. And I, I'm not, I'm, by the way, I'm not saying Klopp is a cog in a wheel at all, by the way. I'm not saying that. <laughs> I'm just saying that um, you have to have everybody pulling in the same direction. I completely agree, mate. There's, there's no doubt in that. It's like we said, repeatable events is only possible when it's like a machine, right? Absolutely. If it's not a machine and it's one of the cogs goes wrong, your machine's bust. That machine yeah. ain't gonna go nowhere. It's not. It's just gonna stop. And that's what Liverpool were. It had stopped dead, and it yeah. was just loads of quality pieces everywhere. None of it moving. It's like so, that Homer Simpson car in The Simpsons where he designed yeah. the Homer car. <laughs> yeah. Imagine it like that. But as soon as Klopp comes in, he buys in. He yeah. he he knows what the club wants. He knows what uh, Edwards is talking about. and he looks He's like, worked under director of football at Dortmund for seven yeah, years. Yeah, but he must, uh, Klopp must have gone and looked at what Ian Graham and everyone was doing, right? And just went, yeah, yeah, what definitely. the flying hell is this? This is nuts. Because yeah. he's an open-minded manager if if anything now you look through the six years that are gone look at the marginal gains that he's tried to you know introduce yep. or, or accepted by growing coaches you know, yeah loads of coaches ridiculed by andy gray absolutely you know and but every single bit has improved us you don't yep. end up going for a quad without something going right yeah, last year it was the nero Neuro guys, neuroscience trying that wasn't it yeah. marginal gains now there's, there's an osteopathy yeah. expert joined Brilliant. That's the that's this year's one, is it? This year's this year's angle. Yeah. You, you know what I mean? There's always yeah. something that they're trying to add. There was a throwing coach at one point. There was, yeah. You know, you're still no, there. You're still there. Of course, but my point is, it's like literally every year they're thinking yeah. of something. Absolutely. You've no point. You don't. You, you can't stand still. In Could this, in that happen under Brendan? Brendan? Yeah. Absolutely. And it's Leicester seeing it now, aren't they? They're stagnating. Uh, would would um, it have happened under Sakeni? I don't think it would have. It's it. No. It needs a certain type. Of, of manager you know and yeah and i think what it is is he's in this he's modern he he he's open to new things technology the yeah. work you know the works ideas the works. 
Also, Absolutely. expert Skaggs, his big, in my opinion, his biggest strength is that he knows his own weaknesses. Yeah. And he's mm-hmm. not afraid to, to give other people who have more expertise in some areas, right? And, and he's happy to defer to them. That is absolute mastery of leadership. Mate, the stuff like leave it, letting Buvach go, things like that. Like, people thought it was the end of the world. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the people thought, oh, man, we're never going to play good football again. And last year, we just played some, um, I mean, there's been, uh, to be honest, the, the league winning season, we were just a machine. Like, play well, shut off, shut the game down, bang. Like, play for 10 minutes, shut the game down, bang. It was literally that. But last year, we just, we played football last year. That first half of the season was, was tremendous. So, yeah, like you said, decisions, everything in hindsight looks like it's gone well, Doth. But yeah. let's move, um, let's move to the next, um, next season, shall we? Because is there anything else you want to bring up from, from here? Is there outgoings that we want to talk about on, in 50? No, we should just crack on, on with that first full summer because that was it. And then, yeah. and all the stuff from there because it was a doozy. So 2016-17, then, Mo, let's, let's hit this because there's a nice increase here. Okay, so 16-17 um, was the first year of the new um, broadcast deal uh, with the Premier League, and that's helped to propel income overall to $364 million, uh, which was an increase of just over 20%. Um, from 15-16. And 16-17, by the way, was a season in which we saw no European football whatsoever. Um, so no Champions League, no um, you know, uh, Europa League, um, because we finished eighth, uh, as, as we know, um, at the end of 15-16. And, um, you know, that, that just shows the level of increase in the broadcast um, rights fees for Premier League football because um, had we even got to the Europa League in sixteen seventeen, our turnover would have been hitting around the 400 million pound mark um, which would have been an increase of nearly 100 million or approximately 33% um, from fifteen sixteen. So, so that was a very significant increase. Now the wage bill um, stagnated um, it saw no increase really um, and um, a lot of that was down to the fact that we played, um, you know, significantly fewer games in sixteen seventeen versus fifteen sixteen, and obviously there were no bonus payments to pay out for European competitions. And I think as a as a club, we played about forty two games all season, something like that. So, um, you know, it was that's mad. That's unheard of in a club year. Yeah, because yeah. Yeah, we 20, were twenty one we less than this season. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So it was it was a very uh, um, quiet season, certainly in terms of games. We we had some um, you know decent spells between matches that season for sure. And, and uh, you know it's fair to argue that 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 was uh, part of the reason why we were able to get from eighth to fourth is that we were able to concentrate on um, you know making sure we got to the top four. And and obviously we'll come on to you know those that we recruited over the summer. Um, but just um, on the transfer fee payments front, um, so again, we had a big year in terms of outgoings, 97 million, though, again, we had a good amount of income coming in in 58. So the net transfer fee payments amounted to um, 39 million, which equates to 11% of the overall turnover. And what this means, interestingly, is that wages to turnover, sorry, wages plus the net transfer fee payments 
combined um, amounted to 68% of the overall turnover. And 68% was an improvement on the 81% the season before that, 76 before that, and 77 and 85% in the seasons before that. So for for, for the first time, we, we saw that overall uh, ratio reduced to less than 70%. And it was just as well because that was the season when we had to start repaying the uh, main stand um, loan. So the main stand had been completed um, ostensibly um, in two stages. So as we recall, um, the first stage of that um, was around September of 2016. And um, we remember Sadio Mane scoring on his Anfield debut um, in front of that main stand and celebrating in front of that huge stand. Um, and um, we were also then obviously planning ahead to um, redevelop Kirby. And uh, we were also progressing with plans, albeit slowly, um, to eventually um, start phase two of the Anfield expansion um, with expanding the Annie Road end. And by the way, we, we already had our design for that expansion all the way back in 2016. Um, but obviously, it was only very recently that we, we've um, finally gotten around to starting that work. Um, but that that's basically where we found ourselves in a different financial position of 68% of our two biggest cost areas, um, transfer fee spend plus wages, um, 68% relative to turnover. So, so that was a very healthy ratio. And, and that was the number that it appeared um, FSG and the club um, were looking to settle in on as a bit of a sweet spot, which then allowed them to have enough funds to deliver all of the um, capital infrastructure that they were looking to undertake with Anfield's redevelopment, um, Kirby, uh, and one or two other things. So finally, the, the, that, that financial model um, all predicated on self-sustainability was really, um, you know, starting to mature and um, was starting to pay dividends uh, on, on that front. Yeah, Darth, this was a, this was a good transfer window, actually, looking back. One of the best, isn't it, this? One of the best. Yeah. Yeah, um, I mean, you want to list them gags? Yeah, Joel Matip, um, Ragnar Klavan, legend, uh, Loris Karius, ouch, Jorginho Wijnaldum, and Sadio Mane. I mean, you can go through there and say Matip, uh, Wijnaldum, even, and Mane. Even Klavan was a decent signing, to be honest. Yeah, yeah no, yeah. but he's a, as I said, he's a legend. Yeah. Legend, he, he was a legend. He was really good when he played, and we really enjoyed some of the craziest things yeah. he used to do. He scored some big goals as well in the end, but... Uh, point is, he was solid enough. You know, yeah. he, he did. He, he got us into part. Part of the puzzle is to get into you know the Champions League, and he was one of those that was that that got us there. And we have to appreciate yeah, that. Yeah. So, eighteen and a half million points season on season gags to get into the Champions League. Massive. Thirty year old, we paid four and a half million for. Yeah. So, you know, that's one I mean, of those. That, looking back, that that's probably. One of the biggest, the Middlesbrough, Middlesbrough game is one of the biggest games of the Klopp era, isn't it, Gags? That to get in on that last day, to, yeah. and to get seventy six points from fifty eight the year before, just, and just missing Mane from the end of the season as well. Yeah. We were missing Mane because he did his ankle, wasn't it against against Everton? Yeah. Was it Everton? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So he was gone. Uh, even 
Yeah, yeah, Origi was the year before yeah. against Everton. So always we we seem to lose players against Everton. If you look at it over yeah. time, <laughs> even Van Dijk, really, Matip, Thiago, yeah. how many players have we lost Dogs of war, to injury? Dogs of war. It's, it's unbelievable. But yeah, I, I think you're right. I think there's, but still, Matip, Ronaldo, Mane literally went on to, to win almost everything apart from nine out of ten signings, all of them, maybe even a ten. You could say, argue. Yeah, for those three. Yeah, unbelievable. One Unbelievable. one important thing about this window is that this was um, Edwards's window, like Julian Ward last winter when we signed Diaz. Right, he wasn't in full control yet. He wasn't yet sporting director. However, he was in his shadowing period of mm. taking oh. over because Ian Eyre was still technically in charge of all the negotiations at this point, but he was handing over more and more to. Edwards. Edwards actually became sporting director in November 2016 and Air yeah. left in February 2017. So this was very much, you can imagine that um, the club was saying to um, Edwards, well, tell you what, was he, Air, Ian's still around, you go ahead and do this stuff and if you need Ian, he's on hand to support you and give you some, you know, whatever, whatever. Um, and then, and But you can imagine that even though he wasn't technically SD, you know, a bit like a bit like Ward last winter. They were it was effectively his window as well, yeah. So yeah. This, this was the real this was the real start of uh, of that. So yeah, important in the terms of the change of roles, but definitely from that this winter window, he was in full control of uh, of everything. Then Edwards. I mean, the outgoings here, Mo, as well. There was uh, thirteen, nearly fourteen million for Joe Allen, and you know, nearly thirty million for for Benteke. Got a money back. Um, you know, we. Skirtle went for five and a half. Canos went for three point six. We had Ilori uh, got some money, almost got money back on him. Yeah, and then also Luis Alberto went for three point six as well. So he found a way, you know, to get that to get the money together. Yeah, to go and buy those players, you know, seventy seven million there that came in. That's that's yeah, mad good trade. Saka went out on loan, didn't he? I think. I think oh he yeah, went out late. Yeah, yeah. Important change, wasn't it, Gags? Uh... Was it when was the when was the when the no the no dickheads policy? No, no, Saka was the next year, guys. He played this year. It was seventeen eighteen that he went. Because oh, his member his drugs test was against the um his drugs test was against after Dortmund in the Europa League. Oh he went out on loan first and sold a year later, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah, right. Yeah, that's right, yeah. that's right, that's right. He went out on loan this year. That was the big shock, wasn't it? Because he was mm. well on he was well on his way to play. For a long time for us. And, and Wada have never he missed uh, Wada have never had to other than a cursory apology for ruining effectively ruining somebody's career and ruining they've never really had to have pay any penalty for their for what they did with that botch test. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. But I think um with with uh Sacco going, um uh, it felt almost less so about that whole drug test and more about other issues. I mean, do you remember the reports during pre-season where he, you know, his timekeeping wasn't the best, and yeah, wasn't he vlogging somewhere? And no, no, he was he, was he was vlogging with LFC TV, right. but he was getting in Klopp's <clears> face. You could remember he was getting in Klopp's face and stuff, and Klopp gave him a couple of, you know, there were some words that came up on LFC TV, you know, like as a joke, but kind of backhanders. Yeah. Yeah. Make sure you turn up on time and then we'll talk, you know, things like that. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden he's gone because he's literally missed another training session. Yeah. And, you know, that I think. So the stuff where 
people are, we're laughing at Ten Hag, right, and his commandments and all that. We're laughing at him. But the thing where he said, talking about missing training sessions and or being late or whatever, literally Klopp went through that and yeah. enforced it and was ruthless with it. You've got to do the basics, Gags. You've got to have discipline. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Yeah. Absolutely, because that, that decision there has ultimately borne fruit because we are a very, very disciplined club now. Mm-hmm. Even now, still because of because of all the, the the spade work that was put in with things like that, and like and you always called it the no dickheads policy, guys. We don't sign players who've got any after Balotelli anyway. Don't sign anybody who's got any hint of any hint of trouble. Yeah, yeah it set it. that marker down, didn't it? And uh, it kind of um, drew that line in the sand. Say right, okay, yeah. You know, these are the expectations, and you know if if you. Uh, are a big personality, fine, but as long as you know what the boundaries are and if you're willing to stay within them, you know, you'll be fine here. Whereas if you want to veer out of it, if you want to try and challenge us, be a bit of a rebel, then, uh, well, you know, as we now know, you, you don't even get a look in. You know, you don't, yeah. even, don't even get a chance to even get considered for it to be, 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 be signed by the club. Basically, the club is, you know, and Klopp is like, if you want to be a dickhead, you be a dickhead, but you don't be it with the players, and you don't be it when you're representing the club at all, you know, mm-hmm. and and that's it with you with your fellow, you know, players and with the fans, you need to have respect, and if you don't have that respect, you can get lost. What you do in your own house, nobody finds out about it. Fair enough, because you know what, players have egos, you know, they're gonna a hundred percent they got egos, but they're having to really work hard. To, to like Mane and and Mo, you know, you know they were competing with each other all the time, but it, it was, you know, that was they, they that was there. There was an ego there that they always wanted to be the best at the club, you know. That was hundred percent there, hundred percent. But what Klopp forces is no, doesn't matter. You can still go for your own targets, but you got to be teammates and you got to work together and you got to work hard. And that was always evident on the pitch that they did. Regardless of what people say, they didn't pass to each other. They did, they did. There's loads. There's too much evidence of it. So yeah, uh, uh, you know, it's good and it's 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 silly to ignore if that, they say they haven't got egos. They do, but that's the that's the quality of the manager, right? And then yeah. how the rest of the club enforces it. So Klopp doesn't have an ego himself. You know, the the, the staff won't have the management won't have that if they all, you know, like you say. If it's all repeatable, then everybody starts to do it. And when the players come in, and if you've got the likes of, I know people don't like it, but Milner around, who work exactly the same way that Klopp wants you to, people look up to him, don't they? As the elder statement in the squad. Then people will follow. And that's as simple as that sometimes. It really is. It works in teams if you start building them as well. If you've got to behave the way you want your team to behave, if you start to be stupid, then they will do the same thing. If you don't, it's just really good leadership. It's servant leadership as well. Servant leadership is massive. You literally go through the ringer yourself, and they will follow that yeah. way. I, don't, um, I remember reading um, I remember reading um, Rafa Honigstein's biography of Klopp, or and uh, he basically um, he he talks about Klopp's upbringing in that air, particular area of Germany, uh, Swabians. And he says of all that they're they're almost a unique part of Germany, uh, not almost slightly slightly different cultural identity to the rest of Germany, but they're they're quite Christian, but also they're extremely hardworking, even by even by German standards, and their focus is on discipline, 
being entrepreneurial with it in innovating but also just based on all oh, everything based on hard work and i think you can see that can't you with in the even in the very start of this clop era yeah 100 percent, 100 percent. um okay so this year we, we qualify for champions league so mo this leads in really well into um i mean the 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 outgoings for 16 17 we've already talked about them yeah they all went all the crap that he didn't want basically there was a whole load of people that went for free as well um enrique Toure, rossiter Jao, uh, texera uh jerome sinclair yesel can yeah yesel that was all those went mm-hmm. for free in the end so um he got rid of a whole load of players too tidied it all up and we roll yeah. into um, 17-18. Well, so this was a big year, man. Yeah. This is, yeah. Again, this is a good window. I guess it's a good window. <laughs> yeah, let's talk about what, <laughs> how much we earned then this year before okay. we get there. Yeah, so, um, you know, this was, as you say, the season where we qualified for the Champions League. And... For all intents and purposes, was the ushering in of this new golden era. And uh, the turnover saw a huge, huge increase. £455 million. So, you know, at that kind of level of turnover, we were finally getting into super heavyweight territory when it comes to the giants of European football. Um, So clearly an increase of nearly £90 million over the previous season's turnover and that's almost entirely because of the fact that obviously we got all the way to the final of the champions league um now the wage bill (laughs) went up um significantly too so it increased to 264 million from 208 million the season prior which was an increase of just shy of 30 percent so um it was very significant but what it showed humongous Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, can you imagine, you know, anyone in a normal job getting a 30% increase in, in, in their earnings in, in a year? Um, but basically, that, that, was the, that, that was it. And bear in mind that the bulk of that increase would have been earned by the core players of that 25-man squad, not evenly distributed. So this is where, for the first year, even though this was Mo's first season obviously we'll come on to his signing uh, in a moment but um his earnings when you factor in 44 goals and the bonuses that come with that the win bonuses um getting all the way to a champions league final in his very first season he would have earned significant amounts of money on top of um i think his base is is signing his first contract was about 80,000 a week something like that 80 to 90 um so you know, with the bonuses, we would have been talking easily um, 200,000 plus straight away in season one for him. Um, but uh, yeah, 264 million. So that meant that the wages to turnover ratio is 58%, which is healthy. It's still healthy, um, despite the very significant increase in the wages bill. Um, transfer fee payments then, um, this saw a huge increase. So it was 97 million the year before. We paid out in this season £154 million. So obviously this is transfer 
sorry, this is transfer activity relating to that window, but obviously covering some of the payments relating to signings from 20, summer 2016, summer 2015 even. So um, 154, though we did generate 105 million. And bear in mind, this is a season where we did lose one of our key players to Barcelona, which again, we'll come on to in a moment, which meant that the, the net transfer fee payments for that window were 49 million which equated to 11% of turnover. So when you combine wages with the net transfer fee payments, the turnover, uh, so the overall ratio was 69%, which was only 1% increase on the season prior. So now, now we begin to see a bit of a pattern here that the club is looking to come in at around the 69 or just below 70% um, in terms of wages and payments towards transfer fees. And that was two years in a row that we were coming in around that mark, despite the very significant increase in spend in the transfer fees, as well as on wages. By And then the final point I just wanted to make here is that this was the first um, season where um, Michael Edwards had a full summer transfer window. And obviously we'll come on to uh, the work he did then. But um, during 1718, we spent £27 million on agents and or intermediaries. Uh, and this, I think, was a very deliberate strategy. You know, Michael Edwards came into his role as sporting director without any prior experience at that level. So he needed to establish himself. And I think that part of the strategy behind Edwards forging these links around Europe and be able to sign, you know, top players was to arguably overpay against uh, for agents. But, you know, you can definitely argue that it was money well spent because, you know, the spend on agents fees is um, aligned to our success on the pitch. Um, so, you know, there, there might be people that will think, OK, but, you know, Agents are a cancer in football in the this and the that. But, you know, whatever our thoughts about agents and, you know, their role within football, um, you know, they, they are still very, very influential when it comes to wheelings and dealings and players ultimately joining or not joining a club. And I, I think that that was part of a deliberate strategy of Edwards initially trying to curry favor with, with some of the agents around Europe and um, you know that that spend uh, was in my view evidence of that do, do you think it's fair to say uh, Gags and Mo that um, if you're that confident in your talent ID and then you can do the attraction with Klopp that there's absolutely no point losing a player the right player the one you want over a few million on agents' fees, so they just simply say it's part of the deal. We're really confident; it's the right thing to do. So we just we just pay the agent fees just to get it get it over the line. Mm. Yeah. The, oh yeah. Hundred percent. Yeah. That's, that's fine. And a lot, and a lot of people will get pissed <laughs> off with it. Why are we spending so much? But dude, you're not going to get the best players without it. Basically, those agents need feeding. And they probably have teams as well, and they have probably like shitloads going on with it. But it's not just signings as well; it's renewals, isn't it? Renewal, yeah, contract every, renewals as well. Every single thing. But but the the most incredible thing out of what Mo's gone through here is the the, the that obviously the the net transfer fee payments and wages and turnover is still sixty nine percent, which is from sixty eight to sixty nine in a year. But but how smart the club were to recognise that we're getting that we're getting bigger now. 
we're going to earn more money this season. So what we're going to do is we're going to 100% put on some cash for, you know, put some incentives in these big contracts for these players because Sadio probably already had an incentivized contract. Now Mo's got one. You know, Robbo's come in definitely on an incentivized contract. Oxlade Chamberlain's come in and this season played unbelievably, right, on an incentivized contract until he got injured, the poor chap. But do you get what I mean? You could see that there were people coming in literally earning their coin here now. And, and <laughs> how smart was it to move into this kind of model for the club and the team? And 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 just pretty much, it's it's just run itself. The club has run itself through paying these players this money means that they go on to achieve things. But it's literally not affected their net transfer fee payment and wages to turnover, but mm. it's gone up a level. I mean, that's incredible, right? It, 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 I mean, Mo, I mean, well, when, you, when you sent the figures through, just, I just looked up at how... If you put if you put them on a on on a if you put turnover on as a line on the chart and you put wages as a line on the chart, they'd both be going up, but they'd both be increasing at the same rate. And if mm. you look at the percentage from year to year and maybe from from uh, for t- and year to two years ahead, the, the the leaps are identical, which tells me that this is very carefully planned. Yeah, Mo, to keep yeah, that, oh, yeah, keep yeah. In, to keep them in such lockstep over over three yeah, or four year period. Yes, totally. They, they'll have as a club. A very well calibrated, um, you know, financial model, and you know clearly, you know, things can happen. You know, last sorry, not last season, but the season before, we did come perilously close to missing out on Champions League football. Yeah, and um, you know, had, had we missed out, um, you know, that would have then had a knock-on effect on our income for last season. Now, I, I think we would have still made comfortably top four um, in 21-22 regardless um, it, had we ended up in the Europa League last season. Um, but, you know, clearly the, the club has a model in place which is flexible enough that, you know, if, for example, we didn't make Champions League and we lost on lost out on that uh, income stream, um, then our, our model would flex accordingly and with their then spend obviously less on wages because we've got incentivized contracts and if players are not in the Champions League they'll be paid less and um, likewise you know we then scale perhaps things back on the transfer um, activity front and you know that that's the way that the model is set up so you know it, it is very very well developed and it, it's, a, it's a system that is also based on the long term you know the long term is based on you know you know, continued sustained success, which then helps generate more by way of sponsorship deals. And we'll see that in the coming weeks when the next shirt sponsorship deal was announced. And, you know, we're going to then see in a year's time, the opening of an expanded Anfield Road end. And when all of these things um, come to fruition, our turnover will be exceeding £650 million pounds in 23-24 all being well. And that kind of money is absolutely mind-boggling. And the kind of figures that, you know, even if you'd mentioned it to, you know, Akira Maguire, for example, three, four years ago, he would have laughed at you. You know, he would have said, no chance. But, you know, such is the um, the maturity of the way that we operate at all levels, not just on the pitch and on the coaching front, um, but, you know, even in terms of doing business and um, all the rest of it that, you know, it's it, it just all setting things in place to ensure that we have this continued success. Um, 
and we continue to build and build and and that that's what's so exciting it, it's a sustained it's a sustained sustainable model and you know this is not something like a chelsea where you know their their sugar daddy owners you know rode off into the sunset and yes they've got a new owner in who's spending a bit of money as as we speak um but you know he will operate that club in a very similar way to FSG. So beyond this first transfer window, you know, Chelsea fans better get used to seeing their club operating within their means. Um, and and that will be a culture shock for, for many of them. Are you, are, you saying that, are you saying that Koulibaly is their Andy Carroll moment? <laughs> what is it? I saw something like 120 million in fees and wages for Koulibaly aged 32, 33 and 34. Can yeah. we can we can we just um I know it I hate them and I don't really want to focus on them too much in this book, no. but yeah, I agree, Darth. I think it might be. I just want to point out um that this might be these three years, and we haven't got to eighteen nineteen yet, but we're looking at the figures and when we get there we talk about them in the next ten, fifteen minutes. This is the zenith of running a football club. This is this three years, sixteen, seventeen, seventeen, eighteen, eighteen, nineteen is is unbelievable in terms yeah. of that that is just the achievements is off the scale and i mean yeah this is incredible incredible it was when yeah incredibly run football club there's nothing better than the whole football operation you're right gags and and this is when our analytics had the biggest gap biggest advantage over everybody else this is when everybody's catching up a bit now on the analytics side everybody's doing more and more good stuff as we know but this is when at what we were doing was was so far ahead of everybody else. And let's go and talk about the players that were bought this when these two windows. So it was the summer and the the winter window. Um, at the end of the day, Naby Keita was already signed here. In terms of you know, we yeah. said we're going to sign him and buy him next year. So we'd already picked out Naby. Uh, uh, Andrew Robertson gone on to become a legend. Ox unfortunately fell off after the first year but superb that first year you could tell why they got him and paid the money the 35 million for him um mo salah 37.8 million i mean is there ever been a better signing in <laughs> well that I, money? I was gonna say you just said him andy robertson robertson's achievements have been amazing and I, mm. but when you compare it to the product and output of mohammed salah yeah i mean uh, it's inconceivable the amount of records this boy's got under his belt. Now, I mean, looking back, you think everybody was like, "What, well, Mo Salah? Really? Like, you know, everybody, everybody. I don't care." Chelsea reject gags. Yeah, who it was? Even I thought Mo Salah. Really? Okay, then Sadio Mane worked. Mo Mo work. You know, you, you started to believe a little bit then, right? We were talking about the recruitment at this point, and um, but but with Mo. You know, it took us. Remember, we did that special pod um, on on Mo the first time we did something on UP Darth yeah. for a player, and we looked at it deep deep dive in his stats, look at his goals. We actually analyzed video at the end of October, didn't we? Start of November. No, 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 no. It was before he joined. We oh, did before, a, he joined. His, before he joined. We did yeah, a, yeah. we did a, we did something on his goals that he scored at yeah. uh, at Roma, and you yeah. know, trying to predict stuff. And we're like, this is going to be special. This is going to be special. He's going to be a special player. He's going to be yeah. really good. And um, and then obviously we bought Van Dyke in in January, um, but yeah, this again he should have been bought in the summer. Important one on the Van Dyke one, then Gags. This is again, this is something where we we we've learned lessons and we don't deviate. The target was Van Dyke. 
we didn't get it because Southampton were determined to punish us for the way we conducted our business, right? Um, for I can't remember, was it Tom Werner they said was bragging about or talking about? So there was one of the hierarchy. They, did, they really objected to it, didn't they? Yeah. Um, and um, everybody was saying, we've got to sign a centre-half. Got to sign a centre-half. We need one now. Um, but then we, they said, no, the target is Van Dijk and we were going to wait till the next window. And we've seen that play out repeatedly that we aren't prepared to compromise. We want to stick with the top target wherever possible. And that is, um, you don't compromise on your, your on your top targets, Kags. And I think it's it's a valuable part of the strategy, isn't it? It leads to a lot of frustration, I think, Kags, fair to say, amongst fans, but... Well, it, it, was, it was massive. We were all really upset, you know. We, we all... But stopped. in the long run, it's the best strategy. Yeah, well, I'd rather get him than anyone else. I mean, imagine if we'd got someone else now instead of him and, mm. and we listened to the fans that said, no, we, you know, why are you waiting? Go get somebody else. I think more what it was, people were pissed off at the way that we'd behaved, you yeah. know, and an apology had to be written again. And at this point, apologies were coming left, right and centre. So, mm. you know, that's where the frustration was with the, with the, not with the recruitment side of things, that was all going really well. But some of the decision making yeah. at the other end, you know, from those that aren't actually day to day running the club and sitting in, in Boston and doing silly things, that that's you know, <laughs> yeah. Uh, very soon after, you know, he wasn't running any part of the club anymore, and it was Mr. Gordon who uh, was running the yeah. club. So, so you, people were punished for that, right? And yeah. and that's fair enough. And that's that's how you learn a lesson. You say right, and they made us pay, and they made us pay seventy five million. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> they did big money, but worth every penny. Absolutely yeah. worth every penny. Statement signing, um, we needed. You know, we were. I think we were going to buy him no matter what. And I think, I think, Phil was going to go in the summer. I do think they delayed Phil going because we didn't we, because of what happened with with Verge. I really do. And I think loads of people don't believe that, but I think Phil would have gone to Barca that summer, late in that summer, if we'd got Verge. But what what happens is we get to witness. Coutinho with Mo, Mane and Bobby and it's it's the most spectacular thing you'd ever seen for a first half of a season. Yeah. The Champions League was just totally lit up. Completely lit up where where teams behave differently in the Champions League to the Premier League. We know this. Premier League teams are gonna come and sit tight, whereas Champions League teams, they're all champions or they're all top four of their league, they're gonna go for it. Yeah. You know, oh, most of them did, especially with Liverpool that year. They said, fuck this, we're playing. So now, <laughs> at this point, we just twatted everyone or scored yeah. loads of goals. It was, it, again, phenomenal start to the season. Uh, so much fun watching the, the, the birth of Mane, Bobby and Mo. Yeah, that was the Red Arrows team, wasn't it, in Europe? Yeah. That one, yeah. yeah. It was. Yeah. It was. That was fun. Uh, was outgoing. Really, yeah. Outgoing squad, yeah. 17, 18, outgoing. Lucas uh, Lever, 5 yeah, million. Not much to, yeah, it was Sacco, 25 million, you know, and Phil, there was, that was the money. There was yeah. the money. Yeah, 150 odd million, uh, which, which Moe's put as well there. Well, proceeds was 100, but yeah, there was, there was 25 from Sacco. Yeah, wasn't it? So 100, in the sheet there, it was 108 million, but it was, there was another 34 million in add-ons, wasn't there, or something, yeah? Oh yeah, of course it was. Yeah, yeah. we didn't. We didn't realize that didn't come through. Yeah, 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 yeah. So just on that, sorry to interrupt, uh, 
Dan, but um, yeah, so the, the way that um, that deal transpired with Coutinho's sale was that we actually sold um, that fee to a third party. So basically, yeah. we then cashed in. Was that uh, later though, though, like the year after or something? Or no? Uh, no, we, so we did it at the time. Um, and I think we did it at the time because I believe that Southampton were demanding the bulk of the 70 million up front. And so we, yeah, and so we needed um, money. And we knew that we were selling Felipe Coutinho. So um, we, we got that money almost in advance of that deal going through um, in order to then make that very, very significant payment to Southampton um, at the start of January. And uh, then I think that what happened was, uh, based on the accounts is that we didn't actually receive. Uh, so if, if the guaranteed fee was 106 million, I think we actually sold it to another company for about say a hundred million. Um, and so we, we, we were then guaranteed hundred million to basically come in perhaps 50 million straight away. And then the other 50 million, uh, the following season. So when you see proceeds of 106 million there, um, that won't all be, um, the Coutinho money. So we, we sold yeah. that debt. Um, sorry, not so, not the not the not the debt, but the the, the money that uh, we were due to receive from Barcelona um, to a third party f- financier, and um, you know it meant that we then didn't have to wait over a period how of several was years. That as well, though, Mo, looking at Barca now, how smart was that? Yeah, very good business. Yeah, yeah, because uh, yeah, they owe money to people left, right, and centre, don't they? And uh, that's why they, they've gone into complete desperation mode. And um, you know, set, selling you the crown jewels now. That his, his value, his value as a his value as a player fell by eighty five percent in three years. It's just unbelievable. but guys, the 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 Coutinho deal is the start of their downfall. That is well, what. Yeah, it was it was Coutinho, Dembele, and because after it was all after Neymar. Why well, basically wasn't it? They never yeah. recovered from that. No. Yeah. yeah, that was it. But yeah. That's when all the good stuff started. So I think now, 1819, this is literally, again, Zenith season. These three seasons, Mo, are. When I look at it like this, how you've laid it out, it's incredible, mate. It's just. I don't know if we'll ever have three as good seasons as this in terms of how a club is run. That is just mm. phenomenal. Yeah, so, I mean, 1819, um, turnover saw another significant increase, £533 million. Um, so we had, um, we saw we saw um, commercial revenue increase very markedly. So off of the back of getting to a Champions League final, um, you know, shirt sales were skyrocketing, um, which was coming towards the end of the New Balance deal. Um, we had a renewal of the standard charter deal at the beginning of that season, which increased it to four, a base 40 million a year. Um, we were into year three of the Premier League deal. Um, Champions League, I think, had a, an increase compared to um, the previous seasons. So £533 million pounds, uh, was a turnover, which was just eye-watering figure. Um our wage bill, though, saw another very, very, very big increase, um, all the way up to 310. So compared to 16-17, it was an increase of nearly 50% um, in two years. Um, 310 million. So this was a season where we got to the Champions League 
final again, but we actually won it. So therefore, um, the payments we would have had to make uh, would have been significantly more than for when we got to the final but finished runners-up. On top of that, um, our uh, performance in the Premier League was absolutely staggering. You know, unbelievable amount of wins. Uh, we racked up, what was it, 98 points? Uh, 97. 97. Um, so clearly the amount of win um, bonuses, goal bonuses, clean yeah. sheet bonuses, all the rest of it yeah. would have been huge as well. So 310 million was the wage bill. That means the wages turnover ratio is 58%. Our um, net transfer payments were 59. So this was based on 174 million pounds being paid out um, with 115 million pounds coming in. Um, so when you combine wages with net transfer payments um, in terms of ratio, it's 69%. So three years in a row, 68%, 69%, 69%. That is very, very, very good business. And it shows that we had this sustainable model which could flex. So if the turnover decreased, it would be because we were less successful, which meant wages would decrease with it. And, you know, transfer fee spend is obviously within our control too. So, you know, it, it was a model that wouldn't then keel over um, if, you know, we didn't make the Champions League and all that. And that was the beauty of this model. Now, and, and, and the interesting thing, and, you know, as James mentioned in the chat, was that, you know, this somewhat contradicts the point that um, Professor Stefan was making um, on Money Talks um, a couple of weeks ago. Um, and, you know, you can certainly argue it both ways. You know, you know, he firmly believes that incentivization doesn't really make a tangible difference. But then if you look at this evidence, you know, it's certainly very persuasive in the other direction to say, well, look, you know, Liverpool Football Club moved to this incentivized, um, you know, wages structure and it went from being a club that regularly finished sixth, seventh, eighth, you know, averaging about 60 points a season, 62, 63, all the way up to, you know, 70, uh, 76, 75, and then into the 90s. And yeah. we've stayed there, you know, bar one season ever since. If, if so, I'd have been on that, if I'd have been on that podcast with you, right, at that yeah. point, I would have said to him, to, to, to the professor, is it, do you have that opinion because you're taking that view in aggregation. You're looking at the average across all clubs, right? In mm. reality, there's always outliers. Yeah. And, there's nobody, know. a professor, whoever, will convince me that incentivized contracts didn't work at Liverpool. I'm talking Liverpool. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So, so, so um, that's our be, podcast, right? Is a Liverpool podcast? Absolutely. He could be making a general point across the yeah. whole industry, and that that's fine. But... Yeah. I, 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 we're definitely an outlier. We're not the same as other clubs in this period. Absolutely not. We are the, we're the bleeding yeah. edge. Yeah, and that's a combination, isn't it, of the management. So, so that's the combination of Klopp plus this model. You know, that's yes. that's the key. It's having the right manager at the plus, helm. Plus the install. analytics, plus the resources. Yeah yeah, 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 all of it, all of it. So that's what I'm saying. That's the model, the analytics, yeah. the resources. That's the model. But then the manager to make sure that the players give it. Yes. Want it. Go for it. Yeah. Know, there's that intangible there is that Klopp has this, wherever he goes, he has this ability to lift that team 10% or even, yeah. if, even if it's 1% in football, it's massive, right? Yeah. That, that, he's able to do something with them. And, and I think that's the key. Him being here makes that work even better. And yeah, you yeah. see what happens with a Brendan in there. It, it falls and, apart. 
because you can't can't get, attract the players. Brendan yeah. couldn't have attracted That's Van Dijk. Uh, one of the um, you know interesting things about this season also is that you know we started this season having been you know one of the hottest commodities in world football. We got to a Champions League final. We played some of the most attractive football that had been seen for years. Um, we were a club that many many footballers the world over wanted to join, and, and we we heard about it, we read about it, and you know. You know, there were players that were, you know, the consummate professionals who wanted to join Liverpool, but there were also dickheads and plenty of them uh, that wanted to be part of um, what we were doing. And, you know, we were able to bat those off and say, look, not interested. And uh, again, you know, it, it just shows the reversal in fortunes from a club that struggled to attract top players only about three years prior to that to where we were by 2018, 19, where you know, players were clamouring to join Liverpool Football Club. Yeah. And this this, this three-year cycle, Gags, just to summarise, right? Year one, Wijnaldum, Mane, uh, Matip. Year two, Robertson, Salah, Van Dijk. Year three, Fabinho, Alisson, Cater. Mm. Shaqiri as well. Shaqiri made a big difference. Yeah, not, and, and he's your fourth best signing. Wow, that's still amazing. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> 13.75, we sold him for, you know, not too much less yeah. than that. But, you know, that It's Champions like Ox, Ox is your fourth best signing in year two. Clavan's your fourth best signing in year Shaqiri, one. Yeah. You don't win that Champions League, dude. No, 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 no. no. Superb, so you know. even, even your fourth best signings were still good. Yeah, and yeah. That, they're and that's what people are talking about. People talking about Spurs, right? Fine, because they've got a good manager. So they've, done, they've had a good window, right? I keep saying to them, the fans on Twitter, come back to me when you've had five or six windows in a row like this. Then you're going to be a contender. You don't, one window isn't enough. And if you look at the profile of the players bought over those three windows then, Matip was 24, Wijnaldum 25, Mane 24. Yeah, uh, Robo twenty three, Ox twenty four, Mo yeah. twenty five, Van Van Dyke twenty six, Naby twenty three, Fabinho twenty four, Shakiri twenty six, Allison twenty five. Like you know, yeah. that's sweet the spot, spot. absolute yeah. sweet spot of, of of getting that the recruitment of the key, you know, players and the and and this ah oh man, you know, and we forget that at this point Trent is coming through. Yeah, yeah, you know, because we haven't even mentioned Trent. Like, something that Trent will never get mentioned in a recruitment pod because he's blooming come through the academy. Yeah, <laughs> but there's there's this big added thing here that he's allowed a player to come through, and you know, Pep Linder's got to be credited as well because he's the one who pushes for some of these players to come into the squad. He he's doing it still to this day. You know, they, that you know the articles come out on LiverpoolFC.com that. Um, Pep Linders is picking his his youth players this season to play, you know, in in preseason with the first team and see who can who's going to end up training with them for the whole year. You know, that's literally an annual thing going on now. Yeah, just to make because you never know who's going to be the next Trent. You just because we've had it, it happened once. It could happen any time. You know, one of these players could just click in a system in a role. Or, or you know, just have that confidence. Trent playing with some of the best players in the world is what has got him to where he is. That confidence, that belief, all of it has come. The ability to just because he's got the ability, sorry, but to get that out of someone. A lot of people, you know, there's Ibes and there's you know other youngsters that could have gone on to become something great. Yeah. 
but something just didn't click for them. Yeah, they could have been the they could have they, they showed loads of ability and maybe they could have. Can we? But this can, guy just can, went through the roof. Wait, we're on the sales as well, Gags, in this summer. See, I I'm a bit. This is a bit surprising because Mo, this is where you might need to come in because Solanke obviously twelve and a half and and Ward. No, um, nineteen. 19 million Solanke. Yeah, yeah, 19 million and 12 plus a sell on. But what I mean is it's only it's only 33 million, but in the in the in the in the record is 115, right? So is that some of the Coutinho money in there as well then? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so it'll be some of the Coutinho money um plus even um some of the uh I think Ben Tech money possibly. Sacco probably as well a bit in there and installment of Sacco yeah. money as well. Yeah, yeah, because bear in mind, in the same way that, you know, when we sign a player, we typically pay over three, sometimes four instalments, which are spread out over a couple of years. So the same will apply to players that we sell on as well. So, you know, when when we, you know, sold Mane in, in the last several weeks, you know, we're going to be getting payments from by Munich um, over the next couple of years. So they would have made an initial payment in all likelihood, um, in, in at the point at which the deal was struck and signed, and then there'll be another payment, um, likely in a year's time, and then a final payment um, in the summer of 2024. And so, so, so that is the kind of lag that you know always exists. So it's, it's not just um, with these figures, money that relates to activity in that window alone or that in in that uh, um, season alone. Yeah, and 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 just on the on 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 the on the trading model gags that you talked before, we talk, obviously Coutinho was the peak, right? But then you've got um, Danny Ward um, signed for like signed five hundred thousand flip for twelve and a half million to Leicester. <laughs> um, he played. This he did, was I don't the think, peak. Yeah, this was the peak. Yeah, this was the. I peak, don't think but... he. I don't think he started a Premier League game. I think he started oh. a couple of cup games, maybe. But um, Dominic Solanke signed on a free transfer on a tribunal. No, we might have had to pay a nominal fee on a tribunal for him, right? Tried, tried quite. He got quite a few starts under Jurgen. Never really made the grade. Um, didn't really look at like a Premier League forward. And then we sell him for nineteen million with yeah. a sell-on fee. Mad. That's the kind of elite micro transactions. A little bit more than micro, I suppose, guys. That you do. We do lots of these micro transactions. Each one making a is a success. Mate, this year, this, I mean, because we're not going to cover two in 2022 because we're not, we haven't got the figures and don't come out until next year. But 20, this, this year, we got money from Gruwich, right? But then we sold Gruwich to Porto and got a, an option. So gave them a discount and got an option on Vieira. Or is it Vieira? Yeah, Vieira, who's gone to Arsenal now, right? So they yeah. came to us and said, do you want Vieira? You've got first dibs because you, you know you gave us a discount of two million, and Liverpool said no, we pass. And because they passed, they had they got we got paid two million for the <laughs> discount. We got paid the discount back. <laughs> Literally, Arsenal paid the money. They paid us two million. Like Brilliant. that is what you call elite. You know the, that's the margins in it. Fine margins. Like if Vieira is going to be great, we might go for him. Has he got to where we want to get to? No, he hasn't. And we had three years option on it. And that's like, again, another marginal gain, right? Couple but of million here and there. I mean, I mean, but to go ask um, Mo a question as well, because this, this is basically how John Henry made his his money in the first place in the 70s, wasn't it? Because he, he was a commodity trader and he, he, was looking to, he was looking to buy very, very small chunks of whichever commodities it was, beans and things like that. 
but he was looking to make a, a profit on each microtransaction. And then you add up all those microtransactions and all those micro profits, and all of a sudden it's a very big number. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, totally. And, um, you know, that, that that's, um, you know, where we've had to benefit in that kind of way from a very nuanced model in order to try and counter the oil millions and billions of other clubs, yeah. you know, because clearly our ownership, you know, operate and, and they've made it very clear and we're transparent about it from day one. We will not spend our own money to finance this club in the way that other owners do. Um, now, I, I personally have always held the view that, you know, if the owners at times when it's required can put in a little bit of money of their own money, then, you know, that that that, that sometimes is good. It's not it's not a good model to have for your owners to be plowing in money season after season, because if if that ownership um, falls upon hard times outside of football um, or they decide to sell on, that can have a material impact on on your club um so clearly it's not um sensible for an ownership group to be putting in money season on season in the way that you know c's owners clearly do um and and obviously abramovich did at chelsea but um nonetheless you know it's it's a model that they were very clear about from day one and so it has had to be one that is as smart as possible to give us any chance any prayer of being able to compete with, um, you know, not only a city, but even Chelsea in the way that they've operated, because it wasn't long ago, you know, we're we're talking only about two, three years ago that Roman Abramovich put in 250 million pounds in the space of about 18 months into Chelsea. And this was at a time, by the way, when he was apparently growing disinterested in the club. You know, he had largely moved to, to Israel. He, um, he was barely turning up at games. And yet, despite that, he was putting in more money than ever. And, and you know, that that's a kind of um, competition that we're up against. It's not a level playing field. We know that the regulators and um, administrators in football have no spine, no backbone, and can't enforce their own rules if their life depended on it. So, you know, we're up against it, you know, you know good and proper. And the only chance we have is to operate in an ultra smart way. uh, And that's the kind of model that FSG have put in place. Yeah, great. Absolutely agree, mate. Absolutely superb. So we talked about, we haven't talked about the players yet, have we? Uh, Or we have, actually we have, yes. We've talked about who who, who came in. Um, Mm. We lost uh, Branagher, no, no. We lost Emery Jean on a free, Danny Ward, Clarvin. For a couple of mil, well, we still tried to, we still, we still sold it for money. Jesus, um, Dominic Slankin, obviously, uh, Lazar, unfortunately, Mark yeah, that wasn't a profitable microtransaction, that was the opposite. Oh, that was the opposite, but I think he was destroyed by a manager, to be honest. If yeah. there's a, if there's, if there's a blueprint of destroying someone's confidence, Lazar Markovic with a, with a young player, yeah, yeah, that's 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 Lazar Markovic, regardless of what anyone says, that guy had some talent, but. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see if Klopp got a Markovic, what he would do with him. Yeah, I think it'd be a very different story, I reckon. But I think he was already done by that point. He just he was going to never. Yeah, no, so I mean, like an undamaged. Yeah, an undamaged. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, um, okay. Question, guys, because we've already done an hour and a ten. How how much do you want to focus on the? Are, are we going to call this the COVID years? 
<laughs> yeah, I think we can we could cover these together, right? Because you know uh, the transfers it was big, still big money spent. Uh, well, the net transfer fee payments yeah. for this one is massive, right? This is the biggest year. This is crazy, Mo, because yeah. this is uh, this is a COVID year. It's the and we said we didn't spend any money, but it's the highest net transfer fee payments. <laughs> Yeah, it was. Go on, yeah. you might as well cover these, cover these off, and we'll, okay. we'll, you whiz through both these years, and then we'll we'll whiz through the thingies and get it done. Right. So, um, you know, we talked about repeatable processes, and I think that um, in another year we would have again been at around the overall sixty-eight, sixty-nine percent um, ratio in terms of spend on wages and transfer fee payments relative to turnover. But obviously. Um, COVID-19 came along and uh, ruined everything. So our, uh, you know, very well-crafted financial model was not impervious to that. Our turnover was 490 million for 1920. Our wage bill was 324 million. So as a wage bill, it did go up compared to 1819, despite the fact we were now in the quarterfinals of the Champions League. Thanks, Adrian. And, um, you know, turnover then took a hit and uh, had COVID not come along, had we progressed a little bit further in the Champions League, um, we, we probably would have been hitting around the 540, million mark, um, slightly exceeding our turnover figure for 1819. Um, wages bill um, at 324 million um, relative that to that turnover figure meant that um, that ratio figure was 66%, uh, whereas in previous seasons that had been around 57 to 58% in the, in the three-year period we just covered. Um, transfer payments were 122 million. So again, um, though he spent very little in that window, and you know we'll touch upon the plays, you know the two or three plays we did bring in at um, summer 2019, and obviously the one in um, January 20. Um, the bulk of that payment related to you know the plays we brought in in summer 2017, and you know the big big signings in summer 2018. We were still obviously paying those off. Um, proceeds were 32 million. Um, so that was kind of uh, towards the tail end of one or two key outgoings from um, seasons prior. Now, this is interesting. Um, the net transfer fee payments was £90 million. Now, if we talk about this being a very well-crafted model, I'm convinced... So this, by the way, was 18% or nearly one in, you know... Uh, nearly a fifth of the overall turnover, which was a big difference from the previous seasons when it was 11% every single year between 1617 through to 1819. So I'm convinced as a result of that analysis that we were lining up a big sale for summer 2020. Now, whether that was a Sadio Mane or somebody else, who knows, but um, based on the way that this model was developed, I, I think that we would have been looking to move on um, uh, perhaps um, a key player in, in summer 2020. Um, but as a result of all of this, and obviously our numbers being impacted by COVID, um, the net transfer fee payments and the wages combined relative to turnover increased all the way up to 84%, whereas, you know, as we talked about earlier, um, that number had been hovering around 68 69%. And then very quickly, 2021, um, so this was um, the season from hell when it came to injuries. Um, our wages turnover ratio 
remained pretty similar to 1920. It was at 65%. Um, turnover was almost the same as 1920. It was at 487 million, just 3 million less than the season before. Wages were down to 316. Now, you know, people had questions um, on social media. Well, why did our wage bill go down so little um, in 2021 compared to 1920 when we'd won the champ- we'd won the Premier League in 1920 and yet in, in 2021 we didn't win the Premier League, we didn't win the Champions League. We're told that we pay all these huge bonuses. Why was it so big and only £8 million difference from one season to the next? And the simple answer is that in 2021, because the season 1920 ended in the financial year 2021, it meant that wages and bonuses um, for part of 1920, including Premier League win bonuses, all fell into the 2021. That famous night in June, wasn't it, Mo? June the June the 19th, 25th, wasn't it? June, June, 25th, June the 25th, yeah. 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 And um, so had that not happened, then our uh, wage bill would certainly have been south of 300 million um, for yeah. um, 2021. Um, so, so that also helped to skew the figures. And um, in those two seasons on the Asian uh, payments towards agents front, uh, we paid 30 million pounds in 1920 and um, 22 million in 2021. And uh, the FA has just very recently published um, uh, the figures for spend on agents in 21-22. And the spend for that season um, was 22 million as well. So, you know, overall, um, a lot of spend on agents fees. But again, um, that that seems to be part of a clear strategy. A lot of that would have been Thiago, I guess, in, in the last season. And also, I guess, it wasn't Diogo Jota, wasn't he George Mendes? Uh, yeah, correct. That's right. Yeah, yeah. that'll be a nice, hefty fee there. I would imagine. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, you know, again, he would have earned a fair amount of uh, dough through the uh, deal with her. Well, for I, mean, I, remember, I, remember, I remember Gag saying on a pod not so long ago, we, "We got a good relationship with Mendes and all his players." And I said, "I, I, I can, I, I can see why because we pay him a lot of money, so he likes us now, doesn't he?" <laughs> Yeah, that's the key. That, that this is what he, what Mo was saying about the agents. This is the key. You need to have one super agent at least, and this is the Mendes era. Yeah, this is the Mendes era. Like there's other players. We we've got we've brought in so many players that have helped us win trophies from Mendes. Yeah. Didn't you, you say know, he was involved in the fight. back of the um, Nunes negotiations, telling them? Yeah, to, yeah, yeah. Nunes changed um, representation just for get this transfer done. Because if yeah. you want to go to Liverpool. Mendes will get it done. Yeah, that's literally how it works now. I think with the Portuguese Portuguese players, not just Wolves, it's, it's Liverpool as well. <laughs> yeah, Wolves is different, right? If you yeah. want to go to the next level where yeah, you're yeah. earning big money, yeah, where you're talking sure. five, six hundred million. Yeah, Wolves yeah. is a stepping stone for them. Yeah, of course it is. Wolves fans might make you think that we got rich owners <laughs> and they're going to be the next brilliant thing. And look what happened after that—they went to shit. But <laughs> this is the real deal, right? This club we support—we're very lucky. It's the real deal in terms of if it gets it right and it is getting it right off the pitch and you get the right manager and we do have the right manager. This is the time to enjoy it. There's no, there's, there's, there's I don't, you know, it's going to be very hard to replicate what we've just discussed from 2016 to 2019 um, as a, as a well-run club on and off the pitch. Um, question for Mo from our man in the chat, Mo. Um, 
the 1920 season, 122 million um, for transfer outgoings. Um, that seems high considering we only signed Minamino. Can you explain? Yeah, I, I did explain a few minutes yeah. ago. So, oh, um, sorry, yeah. We, we, yeah, so we, we um, obviously pay for transfer fees um, over a couple of years, over typically three instalments. So, yeah. though in 1920 we, we didn't sign many players, the bulk of that 122 million related to deals that. Um, were put in place in 1718, 1819, and, and maybe Allison, yeah, Naby, um, yeah, the possibly, big uh, Mo as well. Yeah. Um, so obviously, you know, between 20 summer 2016 and summer 2018, we, you know, we did spend a huge amount of money, and uh, you know, we, we were paying all of that off, you know, right the way through till uh, the 1920 season. And even into 2021, because even in 2021, um, our, our spend um, was, and this is, by the way, is cash spend. So like I explained in part one of this podcast, um, amortization is the accounting treatment. That's not what you need to pay attention to. It's the figures in the cash flow statement in the accounts, which actually shows the actual cash that were transferred out of a club to um, selling clubs, um, and in 2021, that amount was still 90 million pounds. Question for you, from me, uh, Mo. What's on the on the um, on the turnover line at the top here? The COVID years was was the turnover hit all on match day revenue, or were there other hits as well to be had from the COVID period? So 1920, um, there was approximately 12 million pound hit on um, match day revenue because we played for the final four home games behind closed doors. Right. And um, there was a minor hit on commercial um, due to the club shop being closed um, towards the tail end of the season. And um, there was also um, a hit on broadcast revenue, but that only came through in 2021. So there was a deferment of the rebate we had to pay the Premier League. Oh, yeah. Um, in 1920 and that was deferred into 2021 so again how that and, and we were the hardest hit of all of the Premier League clubs by the way when it came to that um, rebate um, so I think had it not been for that rebate our turnover in 2021 would have been over 500 million and that was a season where our match day revenue was I think one or two million pounds in a normal season it would be 85 million pounds so um, yeah Yes. Another question for you. When when people said, we just won the Champions League, we didn't buy anyone, now your stats here, your numbers here, are proving why we did not spend too much on buying players because we had a shitload of money that was already going out for players that we spent over the last three or four years. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. and let's not forget that... 84% net transfer fee wages turnover? Massive. Yeah, and let's not forget that on top of that... Um, we as a club made the decision to um, bankroll the uh, redevelopment of Kirby without taking out any borrowing. So we looked to pay for that, uh, the money that we were generating from, you know, broadcast revenue, commercial, et cetera, et cetera. There was no, and that was a 50 to 60 million pound project that was paid over um, 1819 and 1920. Um, so, you know, there were people that were wondering, well, where, where was the money going? Hmm. I did 
post uh, the thread, um, I think it was sometime last year, that show that for 1920, well, this is where the money went. And, uh, you know, it's, it's not as if it was going into the pockets of people. Um, you know, we, we as a club, you know, decided to spend this money on, you know, infrastructure in the stadium. And if you look at Arsenal Football Club, you know, when they moved from Highbury to the Emirates, and you look at the spend of um, Arsenal under Arsene Wenger, certainly in the first few years after the move, you know, they spent very, very little. And, um, you know, that, that again was for a reason that they operated in a sustainable way under David Dean and um, wanted to make sure that, you know, they weren't going to become in, moving into any uh, financial uncertainty by spending beyond their means. And, you know, we, we had to apply the same when undertaking all of these projects. You know, it, money doesn't grow on trees and, you know, the money has to come from somewhere. And I think you both agree getting this stadium to over 60,000 um, fans in there is, is remarkable from where it was before they joined, right? Um, that'll have an, a significant I never thought it would be hospital gags as a Liverpool resident. I never thought exactly. that, er- that area of Liverpool, beautiful. you could actually get a 60,000-seater stadium Mate, in that that area, stadium, in that field. end is going to look beautiful. It's going to look as as yeah, domineering to, they, as as the cop now. You know, it's just going to look so nice. It is. The way it it is. They've had to close the. They've had to basically had to agree to one of the highway being closed, the Anfield Road now, because the the, the stand is actually going to be over the old Anfield Road, isn't it? And they've had yeah, to yeah, yeah, you know, do the, the whole old, um, works program, rerouting the traffic and everything like that. It's all part of the bigger yeah. bigger system. Fully covered, fully covered, and yeah. And then on top of that, Mo, you talked about Kirby as well. You know, AXA. You can see the benefit of AXA just by, you know, some of the videos you see. It looks beautiful, doesn't it? Just the whole thing just looks so much more professional, so much more, you know, they, it, it's closed off, it's private. Mm-hmm. They can do way more, you know. I think I think even that as an investment has such a massive, for the players as well, in terms of their recovery, they've been able to do so much more. And, and again, you know, those marginal gains we talk about, this, the, the, all these people that they bought in. They can house them there nicely. Mm. You know, there's yeah, room yeah. for everything. There was no room in Melford, Melwood for any of this anymore. No, hemmed in and on to all bring it all together, to bring yeah. it all together as well, like, you know, the youth and everything, everything's together now, isn't it? So it is, it yeah. Makes, yeah. It, makes it all better for the club as a whole, doesn't it? Yeah, that's right. And just very quickly going back to the expansion of Anfield and, you know, we talked about marginal gains. Um, you know, yes, recruitment has played a huge factor in our you know, um, turnaround under Jurgen Klopp. But I think we also have to give some of the credit to um, the Anfield crowd as well, in terms of giving us a bit of an edge when it comes to performance at home. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I think that the expanded stadium has helped the atmosphere, um, certainly on in, in terms of the bigger games. And, you know, our, our kind of record since expanding the stadium if you look at it on a points per game basis, you know, yeah. the six years since then compared to the six years prior to then. I mean, granted, our, our players in the last six years have been a lot better than six years prior to that. But, you know, I, yeah. I think some the of the has to go to the front. There's it's a synergy like a, it's like to it. It's a second cop, isn't it, the upper main stand? Yeah, but it's a synergy yeah. though, Darth, as well. There's a synergy to all of that. Yeah. Better facilities, more fans, oh, better players, more money. All of it, it's hand in hand, right? Like, yeah. Uh, the, the, it can't happen without... One, what all of these are little pieces that just, go just to even the things puzzle, like the concourses the in the main and the way it's organized, it's just an amazing 
tickets in. I so only it, buy tickets in the main stand, mate. Yeah, amazing. That's the crazy see. thing. I want to sit with a bit of leg room. I want to sit a bit more comfortable. Yeah. You know, when it was new, I was buying corporate tickets all the time. <laughs> I was, I was, I was like, I'm gonna go sit in the leather seat. Oh, in the dugout, yeah, yeah, there was a, yeah, yeah, in the dugout. Yeah. I was like, in the dugout, the chemistry. I was like, yeah, go. Let's, I'm gonna go try this. You gotta experience it, right? If the clubs put something out there, that's the whole point. Just give it a whirl. You love the club. You want to. I lo- I really enjoyed those things. They were great mm-hmm. in the main stand. And, and my seats, Champions League, FA Cup, League Cup. That's the ones that I can get. They're all in the main stand whenever I get them. Every single one. Could I ask one final question to Mo? Could I ask him to put your um, black magic sorcery hat on and tell me what your estimate is? Because it's not long till Deloitte Football Money League now, is it? What's your prediction for our turnover in 21-22 with our first year after COVID? Um, so I, I, I predicted it would be around £580 million, which is just absurd it was just so so big as a number um i think our wage bill will grow as well so i i do predict it will be topping 350 million um but if you compare that to the overall turnover i'm estimating it's still on there there about 60 percent or just under that um so it's getting back to where we would want it to be um you know 58 percent or under and um, I mean, I predicted five eighty. Yeah, I I predicted five eighty, and I know that um, somebody I spoke to said that people within the club are expecting it to be pretty close to six hundred. So it'll be in that region, five hundred eight to six hundred million, which is just ridiculous. And as I mentioned earlier, when the new shirt sponsorship deal comes into effect in a year's time, which is also the same time that the new expanded Anfield Road end opens up we're then at that point talking 650 million plus and and that that is just crazy there's, there's going to be corporate facilities in that one isn't there as well the new one yeah 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 of course yeah. of course yeah. more corporate yeah. seats that's where they make the money question corporate from James um, in the chat um do we have any idea on the repayment term for the the, the Anfield Road and how long will it pay for itself in additional revenue and how many years is that? Do we know any other calculations involved in that? Um, not as yet. No, I think we'll probably have to wait until the accounts are released, which will only be in the spring. Well, March at the earliest, um, because what I haven't heard about is the club taking out additional borrowing for the works. Now, what they did do was take out. Um, uh, or exercise a revolving credit facility of uh, up to 200 million pounds um, when the when the pandemic first um, came about, and they hadn't repaid all of that in 2021, and I think that they kept some of that back um, for funds to then deliver the Annie Road End expansion, and the estimate for that had increased all the way up to 80 million pounds. Um, how they completed that straight after expanding the main stand, um, that expansion of Annie Road End would have been 50 million. Uh, but, you know, it's all easy to say with the benefit of hindsight, nobody knew a pandemic was on its way, no. which will then result in construction costs skyrocketing. But I hope we, I hope we got our steel on a fixed rate, Mo. <laughs> <laughs> Let's hope so, because, oh my yeah. God, steel, yeah. steel yeah. prices increase even more than... Uh, petrol prices at the moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that sure. would have already been paid. So your 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 estimate with your wizardry is five eighty to six hundred mil, yeah. Yes, so, correct. 
Okay. Yep. And then we'll we'll know that reason. We'll know that what is it about November Deloitte's when they come out? October, Novemberish? Um no, it'll um probably be around January. Okay. Um though I think this year it was all the way around February, March. Um okay. they, they, Yeah, but no, normally they aim to get it out January, so that'll be the first um, indication of how big the turnover is. But yeah, all, all, a lot of it is predictable, actually, because um, we, we generally know what the Premier League prize money is. Yeah. We generally know what the um, match day revenue will be, what also the, the uh, Champions League money will be. So the, the, the unknown is, is commercial revenue. But yeah. um, almost certainly, I mean, the $218 million that we generated in 2021 should be exceeded um, by a few million at least, uh, and that is where I was then able to arrive at 580 million. Um, so I was predicting 230 million of commercial revenue, and that figure probably won't be too far off. And if it is different, it'll, if anything, it'll be slightly higher. And do you think we'll be have a higher turnover than Man United this year when they're published? I think it'll be very close. Uh, well. <clears throat> So twenty one, twenty two, yeah, they'll probably be neck and neck. I, I think we might just have slightly pipped them, um, but yeah, their their figures will be out very soon because they're um, trading on the New York New York Stock Exchange. Um, they'll have to have their figures out in I think it will be September. Hmm. So um, that's one to watch. We'll, we'll see then. If you'd have told uh, me ten years ago, right, and yeah. um, Hicks and Gillette that we'd have a bigger revenue than Man United in, in, in 10 years, I would have said, you're, you're on drugs, mate. Yeah, me too. You're absolutely oh, yeah. on drugs. I know we're, well, we're, we're, we're getting close to two hours here, guys. So oh I just want to rattle off the names because you know these players, that it's more recent. So I'm going to rattle off the names that we actually paid for, not freebies, that we paid yeah. for. Um, since 1920, so that's Harvey Elliott, four million, four point three million. Takumi Minamino, seven point two five. We made a profit. Costa Simicassi, eleven point seven five. Tiago Alcantara, twenty-seven point four. Diogo Jota, forty-one million. Uh, Marcelo Pitaluga, one million. I think he's going to be a a buy and a half. By the way, there was a something about him today. He, he apparently he's done been amazing. That is it. Macclesfield he moved to. There's a story about him like saving them in this one game he played or something, literally just kept everything out and was man of the match. Uh, so that's that's really good. Ben Davis at half a million so far is what we paid. Cade Gordon, 3.4 million. Uh, Canate at 36 a million. Luis Diaz, 37.5. Darwin Nunes, 64 million so far. Calvin Ramsey at 4 million. And Fabio Carvalho at 5 million. There are some very, very young players in that list, guys. Mm. Literally, there's a change. A real big change of 16, 17, 18, 19-year-olds joining, 20-year-olds as well. It's literally a big, big shift, by the way, um, in the last three years in how we're doing stuff. Big shift. Canati and Josh are only 22 as well, so. Yeah, big shift. A little bit younger. Just going to tad below the 24 and 25. They've got the world-class guy at 29 that they couldn't pass on. And we, we, I think everybody wanted him, no doubt. Thiago, it's, it's a generational type player. What do you say, Gags? That that summer, that summer twenty twenty window. Look at mm. that now. Costas, Thiago, Diogo, Woof. Yeah, unbelievable, mate. I think Peter Luger's going to turn out. Oh, that was the, yeah. Even him, he's going to turn out to be unbelievable as well. Watch. 
the Brazilian keeper. So I, I, I just, yeah, it's such a whatever we did last year was down to that window as well. Do you get what I mean? They were they were phenomenal last year, all of them. Um, Jota, yeah. Thiago, and Simicas Costas. They were all phenomenal when they played, whatever part they played. Even if Simicas didn't play too much, great, yeah, he, was, he was brilliant. And then uh, last year we brought in Canate only, who was fucking unbelievable. Diaz comes in and he <laughs> rocks the place. Like he played for thirty minutes yesterday. We watched a, we watched a, a, a friendly yesterday. And I tell you what, every time he got on the ball, I wanted to stand up. He's that exciting. He's so exciting, mate. So, and and that's what you want, right? When you're watching the game, you're looking forward to shit like that. You know, I I really want to be excited by my team. I do, yeah. and I think we've got tons of it. And we've got Nunes, and you know, Fabio looked really good with his touches. Bobby looked good. It's nice when the old guys look good too. Though, so, uh, I mean, Elliot as well. So assured. Uh, I just think that we're we're on the precipice of something special again, guys. And um, I think we're very lucky as fans to have. Um, yeah, that's you a good know, place a to leave abs- it, Gags. Yeah, nice yeah. place to sum it up. Absolutely, really lucky to yeah. have a club run the way it is. And fingers crossed, they get one more over the line this summer. Mm. Fingers crossed. Whether it's for this year or next, I don't mind. Well, have a great oh. holiday, Mo. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you both for the time as well. Really do appreciate it. Yes. I'm so glad we didn't do this on my dad's birthday. That's what I'm going to say. Yeah, you were packing yesterday, yeah, because that's why we did it quick. <laughs> Absolutely. So thank you so much. Thank you both so much for your time. Really appreciate it. Thank you all for listening and, and being patient with us as well. And uh, I'm sure I'm sure there's going to be loads more content coming your no way. No pods from me for the rest of the week, Gags. Three, in a, no. three nights in a row, podding. No problem. Thank you, Dan. Appreciate it. I'm sure they loved it. And uh, we'll be back soon. Uh, I'm sure Mo will be back after holidays. Darth will be back next week at some point. And, uh, yeah, Monday might do an old school somewhere as well who knows but yeah catch you all soon thank you for listening and up the reds we hope you enjoyed listening to this anfield index show please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically there's nothing quite like fan engagement and we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show the best way to get in touch is over on our free discord community where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash discord. You won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter at Anfield Index and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go, we'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. It only takes a couple of seconds. And it means the world to the people who create these free shows. Sports Social Podcast Network.